Welcome to episode 133 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, guess what, guys? Chris I'm hungover is again. Not here. <laughs> uh yeah i had a, a work event last night there was an open bar there was much tequila had uh and now sexy gravelly voice chris is back this oh, week oh yeah i got a lot of compliments on my hungover voice actually Good. i feel like maybe i should do this every single week no <laughs> no because then i have to pull more weight that's and I'm not here yeah. That. You're, you definitely are gonna have to pull more weight this week. Uh, also, I was very unprepared to be hungover. I did not have any like Pedialyte or anything on hand. I did not have any Motrin this morning, so I like dragged myself down to CVS to go buy all that stuff and came back. And I was barely paying attention during the Zeta episodes this week. I'm gonna be perfectly honest. That's fine. They're not good. Per I... usual surprise. <laughs> they are not wrapping anything up. No, but apparently season two does end in kind of a, a distinct way. I don't know. I, I don't know. Great. We have one episode left after this. This is a Zeta episode. It's not a bonus episode. We're back on top. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we'll, we're almost done. Uh, we're closing in. Yes, we are in the last three. Yeah. So, yeah. So a couple more this week and then next week we'll do uh, the finale and uh, we'll talk a little bit about season three. What would have been? Got some, got some notes on that. Or... So. We just don't talk about we it. We just anymore. don't talk it ever again. <laughs> uh, but first, let's get into a little bit of news. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd say there were a couple big pieces of news this week, but overall, not a lot of news. Mm -hmm. um, we're also like a couple weeks behind, obviously, since we had Joker last week. Uh, what was I saying? News. News. Thank you. <laughs> it's, oh, you know what's throwing me off? I'm not wearing the cans because I have such a headache. Mm hmm. And it's actually maybe we're gonna try putting it back on. Do you here. feel do you feel naked without your headphones? It's actually kind of throwing me off a little bit. So okay. I, okay, this I think okay headphones are back on. This oh this does help a little bit. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I mean the headache's not getting any better, but we'll we'll speed through it. I have one quick piece of news that I forgot about. But uh, we got the full um, onward trailer. Oh, we did for for the next Pixar film. Yeah, Pixar Disney. Is it just Pixar. Disney? It's Pixar. Okay. Right, yeah, because Pixar has two coming out, yeah, because uh, they have that in Seoul. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised you doubted yourself there for a second. I they they merge styles so closely now; it it's hard for me to distinct. That is absolutely fair. Because especially with Coco, Coco feels very much like it could be either or. Yeah, and this one especially almost doesn't feel like a Pixar film in some ways. Yeah, because it's not a sequel. Oh, burn on you, Pixar. Oh, man. You got that <laughs> sick burn in there, Suck Cameron. Suck on that. Um, so I think we talked about it enough on the D23 episode. It, it's basically the footage that we got at the panel. Um, we kind of understand the plot a little more. They have their dad's legs, and they're trying to get the rest of his body back. Yep. And that's all we need to talk about. Still looks great. I'm still excited for it. I don't know if I'm actually super excited for it. I mean, it look, look, it's probably going to be good because most Pixar stuff is. I find Chris Pratt really annoying in the trailer. And maybe it's because I'm just not super hot on Chris Pratt these days. Mm -hmm. But something about his performance is just like kind of irking me. Well, I think that's the he's supposed to be like the annoying older brother. Mm. Well, then he's doing a fine job. Yes. No, I hope it's good. It should probably be good. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, 
We also had some little few more leaks about potential stuff happening in Crisis on Infinite Earths. This Great. is shaping up to be unbelievable. It's, <laughs> they're, like, they're throwing everything at this. I am more excited for this than I am for, I think, any of the Marvel or DC films coming out within the next year. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, this is the thing I'm most excited about. This, so, this is the this is like the magnum. This is the grand finale, the magnum opus. Yeah. I don't know what CW... I, I feel like they're doing all this, and the next day CW is going to announce that, like, not just the shows, but the entire channel is going under. We, we've done. We've hit our peak. We yes. can do no more than this. It, like, everything. I mean, one, just every time I either see a photo of Brandon Routh in the Kingdom Come Superman suit, or frankly, just think about it, it gets me super excited. Yeah. I know I'm in the vast majority on this, but actually, Superman Returns is my favorite Superman movie. I don't think anyone else in the world has ever said that phrase. I, when we eventually Probably get Brandon it, Roth did. I think, well, he's so good at it. Yeah. He's such a good Superman. Uh, also, it's an amazing score. I, the original Superman theme is fucking fantastic. The Superman Returns score is amazing. Uh, we we keep threatening to do the live action movies. When we get to them, we will have a lot to say about Superman Returns for many reasons. Part of which, of course, includes the director and one of the major actors in it. But I love that movie. I think he's an amazing Superman. I'm super excited for him in this. But they keep throwing more stuff at us. So now it's... I, I don't know if it's actually confirmed, but it's rumored that it looks like... Uh, Lucifer from the show Lucifer mm -hmm. will be making an appearance somewhere because technically that's like DC offshoot. Super excited about. It. I, I let me know when the Gilmore Girls are going to be in here. Oh, then I'll get yeah, excited. They'll absolutely be in there. Yeah. There's going to be like some major battle happening on the street. It's the two of them just having a rapid fire conversation in yeah. the cafe. No, you're going to see them walk walk across the background with their coffee. That's absolutely true. Walking out of Luke's, right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. I never actually saw the show. Neither did I. Really? I was supposed to be in a brainstorm this week about it, and I'm like, that's not happening. I feel like you would like that show. I tried it for an episode, and I'm like, I, I just wasn't in the mood. Fair. Um, but yeah, what what other CW shows should could they and should they put in this? Oh, I think it should absolutely cross over with the Riverdale-verse. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% yes. Because they wait, so that is now Riverdale. They have Nancy Drew coming. It started. Oh, it already started. I watched the first episode. How was it? Bad. Oh, not too surprised, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Uh, and then I think they're doing a Riverdale spinoff, right? Isn't, isn't they doing Josie and the Pussycats? That, that's been rumored for a while. I would hope so, because that's a great story. Yeah. Uh, the, the rumor was for a long time that they were going to get their own Sabrina in there. But that's probably faded now that Chilling Adventures is doing so well. Yeah. Well, because I think didn't I feel like Chilling Adventures originally started out as a potential yeah, spinoff yeah. and then eventually it landed at Netflix instead of CW. And mm -hmm. then I think it's its own. Which I mean, I think the Netflix one is amazing. I've heard good things. I, I haven't watched it. Uh it's it's very dark. It it feels um very much like a what's his face? He does American Horror Story, Glee. Oh, politician. Ryan Murphy? Feels like a Ryan Murphy show. Oh, the man who can't write endings? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the man who just makes kids sound so mature. That's true. He absolutely does. Mm -hmm. Like, look, I know he's talented. He it, obviously is very Sorkin. talented. Yeah. Oh, God. I do. You know how much I love me some Sorkin. I know. Yeah. I was I was talking with someone last night, uh, and just kind of out of the blue. She's like, I have an a, a, a industry question for you. I'm like, what? She's like, what is a walk and talk? 
And I'm like, what do you mean? What is a walk and talk? He's like, my roommate threw that at me the other day. He said, let's have a walk and talk. And I didn't know what he meant. And I'm like, oh, well, let me give you the history. <laughs> uh, I am trying to make sorkening a verb. <laughs> I think I said it to her last night. Really? Like, yeah. Oh, you go for a sorkin. Just go for a long walk and talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm determined to make that happen. Yeah. Please, everyone spread it. Yes. Don't use walk and talk. Say, let's go for a sorkin. Let's go for a sorkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which could either mean going for a long walk and a talk or doing a bunch of blow in a Letterman jacket. Exactly. One of the two. So interchangeable. (laughs) Also, do both. Why not? Why not? Uh, You want a Sorkin to the Sorkin? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Let's have a Sorkin and go for a Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah, and to go see a Sorkin movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Throwing some Molly's game. Uh, but no, I mean, I think they should throw every single CW show in there. They possibly possibly can. But the other little thing, and I, I don't know. If we'll actually supernatural, s- what are we doing? Where, why yeah, is supernatural? That's, that's like the obvious one. I, I think they'll pop up somewhere. I genuinely think they will. But wh- what I'm very curious to see what happens with this is how much of this is just gonna be running in the background. Because, like, one of the other things that came out was uh, a photo of a Gotham Gazette newspaper, and it's a picture of Michael Keaton from I'm pretty sure it's the first Batman movie on the, the front page. And the headline is Bruce Wayne to marry socialite Selena Kyle. And I think they they put that out there just like kind of as a tease. So either that's going to – I don't know if they're actually going to have a, a, a pause moment on the show. Oh, you found it. It's right yeah. here. Yeah, Gotham City Gazette. Wayne Tech CEO Bruce Wayne to marry socialites Lena Kyle. Yeah. God, so fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're actually going to like highlight that in any sort of way or if that's just the level of detail they're going into the world building on this or even with all these actors that bring you back, how much are they going to be – front and center versus in the background. Like, I don't know if we talked about it, but Michael Rosenbaum basically put out a tweet about why he's not on the show. Did we talk about that? I don't think so. So I think he either put out a tweet or maybe he mentioned it on his podcast, but obviously everyone's been like, oh my God, Michael Rosenbaum, come back. Cause I think shave your head, please. Shave your head, right? I mean, I, I think he's an amazing Lex Luthor. I, Agreed. Probably the best live action Lex Luthor we've ever got. I mean, I, look, I have a soft spot for Gene Hackman. Um, but he's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. He's just basically just being Gene Hackman. Yeah. Crazy real estate scams. But he's an amazing Lex Luthor. And I guess he he said that he was asked to come back. But when he got the call from Warner Brothers, it was basically, hey, uh, can you come do this? It's basically going to pay absolutely nothing. We don't know when you're going to shoot. We don't have a script for you. Okay. And you have to give us an answer immediately. Yeah, they just wanted to see like, hey, who they, – they probably – called everyone first to yeah. see who would say yes and then wrote around that. Yeah, exactly. And th- and that's the smarter way to go, obviously. And that also makes me think that I think the inclusion of a lot of these returning characters, I think, I don't know if we even mentioned it too, but Ashley Scott is coming back as her character from Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Fucking insane. Like, I think a lot of that sort of background stuff is going to just kind of be fleeting. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll probably stop in at the small of the universe. And it's probably just going to be them on the farm. Like, I don't know if we're actually ever going to see Tom Welling in a Superman suit, which part of me would love to see that. Cause we never really got it. But part of me also would love that even now, like a yeah. decade <laughs> plus later, they're still committing to the no tights, no flights role. Uh, but I think it's all just going to be kind of happening in the background, but mm-hmm. it seems like at least the Brandon Ross Superman is going to be pretty front and center though. Mm-hmm. It, it made me remember, uh, there was an episode of Power Rangers in the mid 2000s where they brought back it was it was maybe the 10th anniversary 
Oh, where they brought yeah. back every like Red Ranger. Yeah. Uh, no, it was just the Red Rangers. Oh, just Red Rangers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was the ten Red Rangers all lined up together, and they all did their transform sequence together. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want a line of Superman. <laughs> Yes. To all like all do the same like shirt rip at the same time. Oh my god! Yes, like <laughs> boom, 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 boom mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah, I would absolutely love that. Uh, and so, I, also on the newspaper thing, I was thinking while they're jumping universes, what if every time you would see the same newspaper, it was a different Batman actor in the same headline? Oh yes. They would have uh, <gasps> the next one would be like George Clooney, then you'd have the Val Kilmer one, and then you'd have. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Affleck? Yeah. Would they go there? Maybe. I, you know, it's, it's, uh, I do find it interesting because. That'd be the best kind of cameo. It would be the best. Well, and also I, I would love that because it's a way to kind of poke fun at the fact that a lot of these shows dance around not having Batman in there at yeah. all. So have all of them in this Yeah, one. have them all like, have them all appear, but in like this weird, like kind of joking manner because that's one of the reasons that i'm i haven't watched batwoman yet and maybe i'm not super keen on it is um i mean i love that character but when she was included in the last crossover they basically talked about the fact that she's bruce wayne's cousin in that version Mm -hmm. and like batman existed but is gone and i feel like a lot of those shows when they are having to avoid batman they are worse off for it i mean Birds of Prey did it in kind of a weird way, and it more or less kind of worked, but I think it isn't going to play well in Batwoman, and for a long time, it didn't play well in Titans either. So, I would but love... the problem is now we got Batman, we don't like him in the No, in we Titans don't. Uh, yeah, it does. It just doesn't quite work, and I love He's Ian. like this super nice guy. <laughs> I love Ian Glenn. I really do, but he's just... He doesn't work as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit further into that. So maybe we can talk a little bit about Bat Plugs at the end there. Um... But no, I mean, I am really excited for this crossover. But yeah. I will say that there is one DC movie com- coming down the pipeline that I am getting more and more excited for. And of course, it is The Batman. Yes. Because we had three announcements this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm saving my favorite one for last. Polka-Dot Man? Absolutely Polka-Dot Man. Polka- yeah. <laughs> David Dusmalkin is <laughs> making an appearance as Polka-Dot Man in this. Uh, no, we got two castings. Mm-hmm. So we got the announcement that Zoe Kravitz is going to play Catwoman. Yes, so down. Fucking Great. brilliant casting. Yep. Um, I just love her in general. Uh, if you haven't seen her doing something amazing, go watch Big Little Lies. Also, just go watch Big Little Lies. It's Have you seen it? I've not. Oh, it's so good. I mean, I, I haven't watched season two, but season one is... Fucking, I've heard it's, it's great. It's incredible. And I think she's an, an amazing actress. I think she totally fits the character really, really well. Um, I think it's going to be great. And it's also worth noting, and this wouldn't be any of our listeners, but for those of you that are... You know, the people out there who upset that a person of color is playing Catwoman, one, it's been done before multiple times, Eartha Kitt and Halle Berry, and two, Zoe Kravitz is... Mm, we don't talk about the Halle Berry one, though. <laughs> no, we don't. We will eventually, but we don't. But also, Zoe Kravitz is a dead ringer for Selena Kyle in uh, Year One, the comic Year One. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, spot on, looks just like her. Uh, I think she's amazing. I think she's going to do an incredible job. And then the other casting was... Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yes, that's a great one. Like, that is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. He totally gives out that vibe of being really, really smart, but he also can like be psychotic. Yeah, psychotic and just kind of whiny and petulant too. Like, you can see him being the guy who 
is both the smartest man in the room, but completely not respected at all and mm-hmm. knows it and gets really upset about it. Like it's hard. Cause to I, s- I could see him doing a great Riddler, but also doing a great Mad Hatter. Yes. Yeah. He would be a great Mad Hatter. Mm-hmm. I gotta hope we get a Mad Hatter in this movie. Yeah. Like, look, it's, it's super early days. It's hard to tell what this is ultimately going to shape out to be. But I will say this off of those two casting choices alone. It seems like Matt Reeves has a pretty good understanding of these characters. Mm-hmm. Cause that is like just pin perfect casting choices there. Like that is, that is not you going like, Oh, that might be an interesting take on the character. Like, Oh, that you can see that actor totally embodying the comic book version of those characters in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super excited about it. Me too. Did you see the last piece of news that was announced about the Batman? I, I don't know where you're going. I saw there was there was an actor who was petitioning himself to be the Penguin. Is that who, where you're going with this? No. Okay. Who, who was petitioning himself to be I the Penguin? I don't remember. It, it's an actor that the name sounded familiar, but I couldn't place them immediately. Okay. Um, uh, you, you say yours, and I'll, I'll find mine. No, it was announced that Michael Giacchino, my favorite composer. Is he going to play... Uh, Oh fuck! What's he's gonna play a henchman? Because he played a startup trooper before. He's keeping this treat going. No, he's gonna score the film. Who's the the Flash music villain? Oh, the music meister. That's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love for Giacchino to play that. I would absolutely. Like, I mean, if you're gonna have anyone other than Neil Patrick Harris, who did an amazing job in The Brave and the Bold, Mm -hmm. play the music meister, it should be Michael Giacchino. Um, But obviously, I am crazy, crazy excited for this because I am. There's got to be a a word for Giacchino fans. I'll think about it. The, hmm, the Giacchinis? No. No. The Giacchinarinos. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I'm a huge Giacchinarino. Yep. And this brings me so much joy. Um, I mean, I'm always looking for any excuse to throw a new Michael Giacchino score into my Michael Giacchino Spotify playlist. But now mm-hmm. that it's going to be a Batman score on top of it, it makes me so fucking happy. Uh, but yeah, that might be the, my favorite piece of news I've heard in a long, oh, long time. Oh, uh, Jason Alexander was was petitioning himself oh, to be the Penguin. Oh my god, I would love that actually. Well, the first the first three articles, and I when I googled the Batman, the Penguin, it's all the actors that have said no to it. Yeah, uh, it's like Jonah Hill will not be playing the Penguin. I'm Seth fine with Rogen that. will not be playing the Penguin. Josh Gad confirms he will not be playing the Penguin. I'm like, that's. <laughs> It's like every every just like slightly overweight white guy in Hollywood is turning down the role. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I think I like I'm not a big Jonah Hill fan. I actually think he would be good in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would probably just well, especially find... if they if they had him similar to his person in like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, where he's like you know very single minded and almost psychotic in that way. Yeah. No, I, like look, I think he's a good actor. Um, I just I'm not really a big fan of his work in general but i also think he would be distracting in the role mm-hmm. so i'm kind of glad he won't be there um so what what villains are we still missing that we expect to be in this i think i think like they talked about two-face yeah penguin two-face um oh, i'll try to remember though we talked about it once before like the the rumored list of the major hitters what will be what will be interesting is Will they tackle the Joker? 
That's a great question. I, I would hope not. I would hope not as well. If they do anything, I, I would rather them do it, set it up like they did in Batman Begins. Like tease the introduction to the character. Yeah. I, I mean... Even though they did nothing with that in the next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Totally forgettable performance on that one. Mm-hmm. I... I mean, and that that was such a great like ending button too. That that really, like, yeah, they, really the first really time was. they turned the light on, he's like, "We got you know, we saw some murders, and this is all they left was a Joker playing card." Yeah, I'm like fuck, that's awesome. It's so it's so brilliant. Like, I I don't know. I, I I'm okay with that character being left alone for a while. Same. Um, especially since they, he just had his movie, and Harley, who I'd rather see in these movies, is getting her own movies already. Yeah, and that's going to get weird, too, because Birds of Prey is still very much tied, even if it's only loosely, with the existing DCEU canon. Mm-hmm. And they're now kind of like obviously retroactively unraveling that a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the Batman, if it's spo- if it actually is supposed to be a younger version of that same character, loosely a younger version of that character. I, I don't know if it was rumored just given that theory of it being a younger version, but there was talk about it. This movie maybe being set in like the nineties or potentially. Great. Which, sure. I'm which always. I, like, <laughs> I, I honestly, but I think is I don't want that because I mean, there was a Zorro that came out in theaters in the nineties. Oh my God. Okay. Wait, you have changed my mind. <laughs> you have completely it changed my mind. Look, I am so done with seeing the death of <laughs> Thomas and Martha Wayne. We've had it. We had at it, this point. I just want to see the Zorro movie. But yes, but where's that prequel? If in the Batman they do that scene, but it's them walking out of the Mask of Zorro film, the Antonio <laughs> Banderas film, I will be on board with it. Yeah. Absolutely on board. That's the prequel that I want is the like the day before they're going and it's it's them like trying to get tickets to go to the show because right. Bruce really wants to see it. Yeah. <laughs> He's a big Antonio Banderas fan, as we all are. Yeah. All right, I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. So here so there's one big villain I think we've left out that I think potentially could do well in this. Mm. So I'm giving you two options. You have to pick which one you'd rather see. Mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. Okay. Or the sewer king. <laughs> I the rat man himself <laughs> I want to be the sewer king because I just want to have uh, like, I, I, want, I want the opening this movie to be like the sewer king racing through the sewers and Batman just like landing in front of him taking out with one punch yeah and then that's just it should, could that be Jonah Hill no it, it should be the actor that played Wormtail oh um, Timothy Spall sure yeah mm-hmm. he would be great I just rewatched um, Harry Potter. No, Prisoner of Azkaban. No, um, Sweeney Todd. Oh, okay. The the other Harry Potter. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's it's got a similar aesthetic. I mean, it's the same actors. That is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot that he was in it. I love him. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah, his son's also great. Who's his son? Rafe Spall. So, did you see the I movie um, About Time? Uh, with I, Rachel McAdams and, and, and Donald Gleason, yeah, Donald Gleason and, and the other Gleasons. Uh, well, that yeah, no, it's not the other Gleasons. It's um, oh, Bill Nye, is yeah, the dad, yeah. So he wasn't he in that? Wasn't he like the douchebag? Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of 
Joshua McGuire, Tom Hollander, Will Merrick. No. Vanessa Kirby's in that movie. Oh, Vanessa Kirby. <laughs> no, oh, man, no, sorry, I'm thinking of actually, uh, there's a different movie. It's like the... There's Say a, his name again? The Oh, Rafe Spall, R-A-F-E. R-A-F-E. S-P-A-L-L. There he is. He, he's just been popping up and stuff left and right, but he's a really good actor. Oh, he's in Hot Fuzz. Yeah. He, um, yeah, so he, oh yeah, he's one of the Andes. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. Oh, he was in Men in Black, the new one, the bad one. That's right, he was. He's in the bad Jurassic World. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to think of all the, the big stuff he's done. Yeah, no, he has that great moment in, uh, in Hot Fuzz when, because he was Patty Considine in the Andes, and like, one of them leaves the frame. The other one yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He like pops back in, and as he's leaving the frame, he like starts to crack a little bit, mm-hmm. which is a great gif. Um, all right, have we talked about Rafe Spall enough? I mean, we can never talk we about could never, yeah. never talk about Rafe Spall enough, but we should get on to Zeta. Yes. Um, also, let us know uh, who else you want to see in The Batman, The Batman. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, who, what other villains do you want to see pop yes. up? What, who would you like to play what, Super King? The deep poles from the rogues gallery. Who do you mm-hmm. want to see pop up in there? Um, but Okay, we should probably... How would you get... like to see Batman have amnesia and Joanna Chang gang? I was just trying to think of the name of that guy, and I couldn't. Because, <laughs> like the episode, it's completely forgotten. Yeah. Uh, all right. Shall we get along to Zeta here? What if we got the, the ninja back? I know. Okay, look. <laughs> okay. I know. All right. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about it, but I want to get through it because I want to go back to being asleep. That's fine. Okay. Yes. Which, which episode are we starting with? All right. Let's do River Rising. Okay. Yeah. Because I like... So it, it gets kind of confusing towards the end here because apparently... Uh, the hologram man is the season two finale, but that aired second to last, but it is the last episode on the DVD that I have. Okay. But then these two episodes recording today are out of order in the DVD. So it's all kind of messy. Which, what order did you watch these in actually out of curiosity? Oh, I, I did river rising and then wrong morph. Okay. All right. So yeah. So we'll start with river rising. Um, what the fuck is this? They... <laughs> I feel like one of them went to Pennsylvania and like they were caught in traffic behind an Amish person and like, like, fuck the Amish. Like a drawn carriage. Yeah, like, fuck the Amish. We're, they're going to be the villains of one of our episodes. I really just kind of want to take that soundbite of you saying just fuck the Amish and pull it out and just broadcast it in random places. You know, it's fine. They won't hear it. That's true. (laughs) I never thought about that before, actually. But yeah, we could badmouth them all we want on a digital platform. I mean, we're tw- we're tech dwellers, so they want nothing to do yeah. with us. The, obviously, the no techs. When when you write it out, it seems like the stupidest name. But when they say it, it sounds so like, like like Aztec, right? Oh, the no techs. Yeah, a famous tribe of no techs. Because I imagine it is like that's like one of the. One of the teams from like Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden No Techs. Yeah, because you have Omek is is the that's is true the the, uh, the giant stone voiced by D. Bradley Baker, <gasps> great man that he is. D. Bradley Baker is so good. Um, yeah, the no, ah, oh, this episode is so bad. So the the general idea here is that uh, it's a Saturday morning and. The NSA is chasing down yeah, how fucking Ro meta is and that? Zeta uh, through a forest. And for some reason, they've let Agent West drive because apparently he just got his approval to pilot the personnel carrier. And despite everything else that he's ever done, Ben is still letting this happen. Um, and OK, but so the crazy thing is 
You think that maybe West is going to accidentally crash the bus. No, he's doing great, just having it, like, skid across the ground. Yeah, like, for some reason, it's a hover car that's not hovering. And I guess that's how he's messing it up. But, no, they are taken out by an Ewok-style booby trap. Yeah. Like, they snap a vine that is well above the height of a human because it's only triggered by a massive hover van. Yeah. And that triggers a log to swing down through the trees and knock them off course. Mm -hmm. Why is that there? Because they hate technology so much. They're actually trying to hurt people? Yes. Because it's clearly put there by the tribe of no techs, right? That's their their induction speech or introduction speech. (laughs) It's like, we really need more hands here because... Everyone here is super old, as you would expect, yeah. people who don't like technology. It's all just the the boomers of this world. Uh, they need more young hands to help build this wall, because for some reason they built their town at the bottom of a riverbed. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a handmade levee that somehow is held up for however long they've been there. Yeah. Hey, here's an idea. How about you just move your town? Or not build it there in the first place. Yeah. Like... Oh, okay. It doesn't take technology to know, the, like, hey, building in a low area is bad during the rainy season. Like, the the world building they do on this is so ridiculous. So, they get into this village, um, and then obviously Zeta's in disguise because, yeah, it's a, a group of no techs. So, yeah, they they are they're Amish. Like, they're absolutely they're animated that way. That's like the the whole thing they're going for. They have candles. They have books. Yeah. Shocking. Crazy. Um, and Ro being the best millennial she can. She's like, <laughs> we have to work while we're here? Oh, my God. Yeah. It. <laughs> I hated Ro in this episode. I know. Surprise. She's, she's, she's <laughs> terrible. So, yeah, they, they end up in this, this Amish village, essentially, who have built a town next to a riverbed that apparently every year the floods river... Floods more and more. Floods more and more, which... Thanks, global warming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. But also it's established that the the no-techs were gifted this land by the government. Mm-hmm. Why? They were just tired of them complaining. Like, okay, wait. How do you think we got weed legalized? They were just tired there. of us complaining. Like, I actually want to... Okay, I want to try and figure out what situation arose that resulted in this particular thing happening so mm-hmm. okay so it's what 2039 2020 maybe 2041 at this point so at some point there was a group of people that decided to live without technology which i could see that being a thing kind of mm-hmm. i think there occasionally you see people trying to make a movement of like oh like i'm gonna not have my phone on me for a day like i'm gonna leave my phone behind um, you know, we see slight shifts back towards like older analog tech, right? Like, you know, uh, vinyl records are kind of like coming back. It's a big old thing. Um, you know, nostalgia's in. Everyone wants to watch yeah. Aladdin on a VHS tape now. So I could kind of see a little bit of that being like, hey, like we've realized that technology is all the place all the time. We can't escape our screens. So let's um, like make an effort to just, like step away from that. And like, okay, we like this enough. Like, let's really, really commit to this. You know, let's really commit to not having technology. I imagine that no techs are like the vegans of the future. Mm-hmm. Here, here's how I think they got the land. 
is they just took it and sent a handwritten letter to the government like hey we this is our land now uh and, and at that point the government was no longer receiving handwritten notes no, so they the never even noticed. sent them a denial email <laughs> but no one could just read it <laughs> and so they don't realize it's not theirs they're just <laughs> under the assumption that they approved it because yeah. they never got the they never got a letter back and no one wants to bother dealing with it anymore they yeah. just keep sending them cease and desist emails <laughs> and it never actually gets through yeah and they occasionally try and send an actual handwritten letter, but anytime the mailman shows that's, up, it is, that's what his the, mail the, the truck, trap is for. Yeah, it's for the mailman. Yeah, because <laughs> they keep sending mail robots. Mm-hmm. It's clear, like mail would definitely be a thing that would be done well, by a robot in this well, future. We saw we saw the the delivery bot. That's true. Where it's a yeah. human driver, but the robot has to deliver the package. That's exactly it. Yeah. So the human driver shows up, and then the robot goes out with the letter, and then the trap is there to destroy it. Oh yes. my god! It all makes sense. They're now. they're very forward thinking. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but in reverse. They're yeah, that's true. But they're officially sanctioned by the government, and so the NSA can't set foot on soil without a warrant. So then Bennett has to go down to, like. Uh, good old Southern boy, like, um, order, order, I say. Yeah, what, what's? Oh my God, how am I blanking on the, the Looney Tunes character, the chicken? Oh, uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Thank you. Yeah, total Foghorn Leghorn judge. Yeah, who then just like snaps at Bennett and base like, I'm not giving you a warrant. Yeah, sit down, <laughs> sit down, boy. Yeah, I should like oh. you do the Southern accent. You actually have. <laughs> southern roots oh uh, i i did love the moment where wes is like hey they said we can't set foot but we can hover over <laughs> oh my god i know it's oh my god, uh and so bennett's like uh rush don't let him shoot him down rush shoot him down and she's like don't don't tempt, tempt me, me. <laughs> I, I like that line a lot actually um <laughs> really liked it but yeah so they're in this place and it's there's kind of like multiple threads converging so like i'll give them some credit for we've talked about this a little bit in the past i think they're they're trying to make an effort to build up towards bigger climaxes so here uh bennett is able to get a warrant and then goes back into the no tech property at the same time that the river is now flooding and breaking through the levee at the same time that Zeta has been discovered to be a robot and they're going to they s- crucify him. They, they, yeah, they crucify him and then they're going to smash him with a rock. So again, I was sort of fading in and out as I was watching this curled up in death on the couch this morning. It was the passion of Zeta is the name of this episode. Exactly. It goes on for three hours and it's very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. Have you actually ever seen that movie? I have. I had to watch it in high school. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. I have never seen it. It's, uh, it's great to watch in high school and you have to watch it in 30 minute segments because class keeps ending. Oh my God. That, like, it was like it's, a week. And it's a whole week. And that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, it's a rated R film. Yeah. They were showing it in high school. I had to take religion classes. Yeah. I had to take religion classes in college. Mm-hmm. I will at least give, cause I went to a Jesuit university. I will at least give my school credit to a Jesuit high school. Oh, look at us. Look at us. Jesuit. Yeah. As Jesuit adjacent. boys. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, I, Ignatius of Loyola. Yes, right. Carrying Saint that, Francis of Assisi. Yeah, carrying that cannonball. Did I tell you there was a guy in my high school that would carry a cannonball around with him? Why? Because uh, it was it was his like uh, like offering to to uh, Ignatius because Ignatius was hit with a cannonball. 
I did, broke what? His leg. He didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's. Oh I never paid God. attention to my religion classes. Oh, I only. He, he was my patron saint, so I had to. Uh, wait, wait. Hang on. Please, please tell the story. I, how I did know. he get hit by a cannonball? So he was uh, in war with France. He was in war with someone on the front lines, got hit with a cannonball, which basically shattered his leg. The enemy took him in, uh, and they were healing him in a Catholic church. Uh, and he couldn't get up or do anything. And so one of the doctors would just bring him religious texts. He would read more and more and more and more. He became the scholar of the, of kind of this hospital church. Okay. Thing. Uh, and he's like, Oh, I saw the error in my ways. I'm a Jesus boy now. Uh, so they called themselves actually. Yes. Uh, with the Z though. Jesus boys. The Jesus boys. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he became like the patron saint of knowledge or something like that. Okay, when you said he was hit with a cannonball, because mm-hmm. I had no idea that was a thing, I was like, I was kind of hoping he was killed by a cannon. I don't think so. I was either hoping that or I was hoping that like he was like walking and they were trying to move some cannonballs and like one fell off of a parapet and hit him. Yeah, they, he, he had a like... Uh, Fallen piano exactly. moment. Yeah, he was struck by a wayward cannonball. Yeah. That fell off of a rack. Yeah. I thought if someone just dropped it on his foot. That would be great. Wait, so this kid in your high school would carry around a cannonball he, all the time? He had a, yes, he would carry a briefcase with him. <laughs> and in the briefcase was nothing except a cannonball, like a like an eight-pound cannonball. How big was his briefcase slash how small was this cannonball? It was... uh. Oh god! Uh, bigger than a softball. Um, is it like grapefruit sized? A little bigger than a grapefruit. It's like, like a standard so it's, cannonball. It's like this bad. Yeah, this I mean, big. yeah, a cannonball is like what? Probably five inches, four or five inches. Yeah, in so diameter. the size of a can. It's it's a cannonball. Chris. Okay, yeah, but it's like, the size of a cannonball. Okay, but a briefcase is usually no more than like maybe two inches. It was a wide briefcase. Why? Okay, was it a hard shell yes. briefcase? Mm-hmm. Was the cannibal loosely rolling back yes. and forth? And it, what the hell? Yes, his name was uh, John Apple, I believe. This story <laughs> gets more, somehow both more absurd and more boring with every <laughs> step of the way. It's like, oh, he carried around a cannibal in a hard shell briefcase. His name was John. Yes, his name was he John Apple. He wore beige suits every day. Right, we had to wear suits to school. Uh, but he, he would wear, he would wear khakis and his blazer every day. (laughs) Okay. John Apple's now the patron saint of this podcast. Yes. What the actual fuck? I went to a very unique high school. (laughs) It's just, I'm sure for anyone who actually knows historic religion stories, I got a lot of things. I missed a lot of things in the Ignatius story, but you know, I hit the, the key points. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So this is what happens when we have an Amish episode. Is my religious text seeps out. That's so fantastic. Um what were we oh right. Zeta's crucified. Zeta's crucified. Okay, wait. So I was I was fading in that a little bit when I was watching this. So the the river starts to rise and the water's breaking through the levee. Mm-hmm. And then Zeta turns off his disguise, 
Why does he always do that? Whenever he, I ju- don't whenever know. He ju- like it's he, whenever he jumps into action, he always goes full Zeta mode. It's like you don't have to do that. Because even in the episode after this, he's like, "It's very dangerous for you to see me in this form." Like you've literally transformed in front of entire cities at this point. Yeah, you do it all the time. What's the big deal? Yeah. So he transforms, revealing himself, and then he he jumps up to like hold a rock in place, and then a. Rock is knocked loose that is large enough and heavy enough to pin Zeta to the ground, which is how they're able to, like, capture him, which I don't even know how they did that exactly. I guess he, like, wasn't fighting back. But so a boulder that is that heavy, heavy enough to pin Zeta, Mm -hmm. who can lift, what? Tons. Yeah, literal tons, is knocked loose by a strong enough water pressure that then somehow doesn't also completely flood the city because the flood happens later. Right, yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? There was some psychic using powers. It was a trap. They had enough, They had a log it flume was, trap in the river. You know who it was? It was the mailman. <laughs> it was the mailman. Coming back for revenge. Uh, the mailman was unable to deliver via land, so they tried it by sea recently. Yes. So they had to start putting in spring-loaded... River traps and then mm-hmm. knock the boulder loose. Okay, so then Zeta's pinned. They pull up. We think maybe they're gonna save him because they pull up the the boulder that's pinning him with this massive crane they've built. So also, hang on, where do they draw the line with technology? Is uh, it electronics? I assume so. Yes. Okay, because like they still clearly have. Like, they keep talking about how they hate machines. Like, you ha- you actually have mechanical systems in your village. You have built this massive fucking crane. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's anything that's not man-powered. Okay. I assume. So, I assume that's how the Amish work, too. I guess. Mm-hmm. But at the, they have, like, they have horse carriages. They have a donkey in this village. Uh, yes. Those are actually men in disguise. <laughs> Also, why is that kid's I teeth so fucked up? No, I was questioning why he has gray skin. Why does like I, I thought he was some sort of weird mutant creature? So thing. did I. I because we first see this um, like gaggle of children. Yeah. Before we see anything else, I'm like, oh, cool. This is like another kid village. It's another like kid feature. Yeah, like episode. somehow, yeah, the kids have escaped. Suddenly, yeah, their own like Lord living. of Flies kind of episode. Yeah. Uh, and then we see the dad in his Amish hat. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, don't, no. We're going don't, there. don't do this. Because, like, yeah, they're all normal except for this one kid who, uh, imagine, like, Gollum, but with a ginger mullet. Yeah. Like a teenage Gollum. Yeah. He's like, actually, you know what he looks like? He looks like the best friend from Terminator 2. Remember John's best friend who's got, like, the red hair and the mullet? You've never seen Terminator 2, have you? Oh, my God. Cameron, <laughs> you know what? Thank God you have random stories to pull about John Apple and his briefcase full of cannonballs. Otherwise, I'd kick you off his fucking podcast. Look, look, I was going to watch it. I was going to watch it on Netflix. And the day I sat down is the day they took it off Netflix. God damn it. It's a fucking masterpiece. I know it is. Have you seen True Lies? No. Okay, we're going to do some, we're gonna have to do some James Cameron movies here. But I have seen Avatar. Of course multiple times <laughs> how do you say it but i have seen avatar multiple times in navi i that's beyond my my knowledge i'm so ashamed of you cameron for not having deep enough navi knowledge 
Okay, but so they they're they're gonna then crush Zeta with another boulder, or maybe the same boulder. I think it's the same. They just like winch it up to this point. Yeah, they're gonna then drop it on him, and as that's about to happen, that's when the river finally bursts through Mm -hmm. the um, the levee and floods the city, the town. At the same time that the um, NSA van comes in and they get like swept away by the water. It's like again, you feel like they're teeing up what could be like an interesting set piece potentially. Um, and then NSA just gets flat, like knocked away by the water, and then Zeta just rescues Amish man from and daughter, a daughter. daughter who wants to like see the outside world. Yeah. What What's the day that Amish people have where they get to go out into the real world? Springer! That's the one. Thank you. Have you ever seen Sex Drive? I have seen. That's yeah, such a great movie. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. It's so much better than Terminator Two. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that James Cameron watched Sex Drive and then <laughs> weeped because he realized he thought he had made the perfect movie, and then he saw Sex Drive, and he's like, "What have I done with my what life? Have I done? Why didn't I include Rom Stringer and Rom Stringer in, 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 in Terminator Two? And yeah. it's that point that he decided to leave filmmaking behind and just spend all of his time in a submarine. Yes, I understand. You can never beat the the masterpiece that is Sex Drive. To be fair, that movie actually is really really good. Mm-hmm. I put it up there with like a um, like a Fired Up, yeah, on a movie that's like way better than it should be. Mm-hmm. They also it came out like around the same time. Uh, yeah, Sex Drive was a couple years before. Yeah, I think it's a great film because it was before the the PG thirteen wave. Oh Sex yeah, Sex Drive is R. Yeah, Sex Drive is art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good movie, guys. Go watch it. Sex Drive, that was we, when we had the weird, it was it was post-American Pie, um, when like raunchy was still exciting for 18 plus. Yeah. Before internet porn was commonly accessible. Mm. Very true. Because mm-hmm. then you had your, like, your Euro trips. Uh, I love Euro trip. It's great. I, I think I mentioned, I watched that again not too long ago. Does it hold up? Some of it, yeah. So the the two things that I feel like are very noticeable now, a lot of it's still really, really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the jokes don't hold up. It's very homophobic, going back and looking at it. But like in the sort of benign way that most movies, like most comedies were homophobic in the early 2000s. Yeah. You know, this was the era of just calling everything gay. So it's it's not too far off from that. The other thing I noticed is how much that movie is filmed in Burbank. Oh, great. Like, I legitimately think there is maybe one scene where they're actually in Europe. But other than that, like, they're at a house party. I'm like, that is obviously a set. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like, even when they're in line for the Eiffel Tower, not the Eiffel Tower, the the Louvre. Okay, yeah. Like, it's clearly just, like, a street. (laughs) It's just the Americana. In Burbank. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's exactly, it's just, yeah. Yeah, they're outside the Barnes and Nobles of the Americana. Great. Uh, but yeah, go back and rewatch it and be like, oh yeah, none of this is in Europe at all. It's Amazing. Like, like literally one sequence. Um, what were you talking about? Got full swing, went from religion to porn just immediately. I mean, as most people do. Yeah. It always starts with one it's, end to the other. It's like that great moment in the, the Simpsons movie when the dome's coming down and everyone from the church runs the bar and everyone from the bar yeah. runs to the church. <laughs> uh, it's a great moment. <laughs> It's that, and then the moment when uh, Grandpa Simpson's having his fit, and Homer grabs the Bible. It's like this book doesn't have any answers. 
my two favorite jokes in that movie. Good movie. Yeah. Um, okay, they're they're gonna crucify Zeta, and then the river floods, and then he like yeah rescues Mr. Amish off of a, a roof, mm-hmm. who is like having a crisis deciding between death or and... getting rescued by a robot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's also so I know in a previous episode, like Zeta um, was able to like have propellers on his feet. Like that's even part of the the opening sequence. Now it was like him and Ro underwater going out and he has like full on like propellers with like a ring around that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We learned in this episode, apparently that how he does that is his feet just rotate. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. They just somehow disconnect from the legs and they just spin around. I love it. Um, but yeah, they rescue him and then they, they get away because the Amish folk are... I thought actively, that was just kind of funny. Yeah, they're like they're actively sabotaging the van so they can't... The NSA can't get out of there. Yeah. Even though the van is just stuck. They didn't need to yeah, be there. It's, yeah, like it's... I, I don't I don't know. I, I also do like, though, that Ro called out the village for being uh, very segregated by gender. She's like, wait, why are all the men down there working while the women are up here cooking? She's like, oh, well, yeah. And the we... friend just goes, oh, she's like, oh, well, we have to, like, you know, cook food so the men can stay hearty while they work. And that was the end of that. That, that was the end of that. Movement. But I did like that. At least she pointed it out. Yeah. You know, that's the lesson we can take away from this movie. Men can cook and women can do manual labor. Exactly. Yeah. Like edit podcasts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, uh, do you have other thoughts on this? Not I feel, I feel really. like you must have. I, I didn't really ever give you a chance to go on a full rant about why you hated this so much. Do you want it's to do that? It's just so like it's it's on par, not on par. It's a little better than the tornado episode, but it, they're just like they're really stretching since they have a pa- I, It's the same argument I've been having since the beginning. They have a pacifist protagonist. And so they have to give him situations where he can solve them without violence. Yeah. And at this point, they've run out of things. Yeah. Or like people. They're like, well, what if we just have him in natural disasters at yeah. this point? Because like, uh, what are the the forms of conflict? It's like man versus man, man versus nature, man versus woman self. Yeah, man versus self. Yeah, it's like the, it's like the three types of stories. That sounds right. Yeah. So, yeah, they realize that it's now robot versus river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. I was always taught there were two forms of story, but I guess it's, it's a different thing. Yeah. Where my, my film teacher in college said every story is either man leaving village or man entering new village. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like either someone's going on a journey or someone is... Um, like the shadow water, yeah. Situation that, mm-hmm. that, that holds up. I guess that's more of like the beginning, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, all right, shall we move on to uh, the wrong morph? Yeah, sure. Were you also upset that this was an entire episode dedicated to the character of Morph from the X Men animated series that went bad because he got left behind on the first mission? I was thinking more from Treasure Planet. I've never seen Treasure Planet. Wow, Chris, you've never seen Treasure <laughs> I'm worried that once I've seen it, all other film will be ruined for me because it's a masterpiece. It is. Uh, no, Morph is like the cute little blob uh, that can they can transform himself. I mean, that makes sense for, yeah, a character named Morph. Yeah, I think he's like, like sentient plasma, I guess. That sounds cool. Look up a picture of him. He's I'll, cute. I'll look, I'll look him up. They're definitely Morph. like, hey, Stitch worked. What if we just made... Another kind of alien. 
I mean, Stitch is obviously amazing. the best. Oh, I remember this thing. Yeah, he's cute. He kind of looks like what comes out of your face when you pop a zit. Yeah, I mean, he's he's so a he's pus. kind of like a a sentient snot rocket. It's <laughs> fantastic phrase. Mm-hmm. Also, the great great name for an indie band. <laughs> oh yeah, we are a sentient snot rocket. Uh, okay. So, what are we talking about? The wrong morph. The wrong morph. I was hoping it was where his like morpher would would go crazy again, but no. Yeah, not yeah, not quite. So they they go to a they go to see this guy, Doctor Morell, because I guess he worked on the Zeta Project. Yeah, and he may have information on Doctor Selig. So the same setup for. You know, in the same way that there are two stories, man leaving village and man entering village, there are two stories in Zeta. It's either they're trying to go see someone to learn about Dr. Selig or the NSA is chasing them. Mm-hmm. Or that there's is, a tornado. Or there's, a tor- there's three. Or there's a fucking tornado. Yeah. But in this case, they're trying to get information. They go to this guy's clinic where he's he is designing technology to help kids who have... Uh, disabilities disabilities yeah so like so i feel like it's very off weighted because he has the the blind girl has a walking stick that uh can talk talks now. to you yeah. yeah which seems one it talks way too slow if yes. i'm walking a normal pace and it's like there is a person standing two meters in front of you but you need to move like i'm already bumped into that no, person it's like move bitch yeah <laughs> there's a wall yeah yeah um uh, so you have that, and then you have a backpack that gives kids their legs back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's it's, that, those don't seem on par at all. No, like if, yeah, if the, cause yeah, it's, it's basically like in lieu of a walking stick, it's like a flashlight, basically. It's like a yeah. laser pointer that like mm-hmm. calls out when objects are in front of you. Yeah, if it were something that like a, a sensor that tied directly into the brain somehow or like mm-hmm. like fed into our sense of awareness then it would be really impressive but yeah it's it's basically just a talking flashlight yeah yeah but then this kid gets a backpack yeah i mean yeah so the idea is that this backpack this very pretty substantially large backpack can amplify there's so many cannonballs in there there's so, there's so <laughs> many cannonballs in there yeah uh, that's the real challenge, actually. Mm-hmm. It runs on cannonballs. Yeah. But the backpack can amplify signals from the brain to the, uh, um, the spine. Mm-hmm. Spine, okay. It, it makes sense for kids to walk. I get that. What I don't get is the guy that steals the backpack now has super upper body strength as well. That's where I don't get it. Yeah, it... it you uh, you kind of he's feel like, like he's like lifting cars now yeah he's like as strong as zeta yeah you kind of feel like where they started this episode with this idea was okay how can we make a person super strong now this is set in the same universe as batman yeah and superman and batman beyond where that sort of shit happens all the time. There are so many ways that people have amplified strength, either through being a metahuman or through technology. Well, we know that after the last episode, they're in the Midwest right now. They're very far behind. That's absolutely, that is very, very true. Mm-hmm. And I can say that because I'm from the Midwest. Yes. I'm not allowed to agree with you, though. Yes. That, I'm, I'm, ba- I'm, that backward country that I'm, we I'm have. A, I'm a coast boy here. Yeah. 
Actually, yeah, I've only lived on the coasts. That's fine. I love the coast. It's better here. Yeah, it is. Sorry, everyone who's not on a coast. <laughs> I think it's probably a lot of our listeners. Anywho, yeah, but also stay there. We're we're pretty we're pretty packed now. Just stay where yeah, you that's are. actually true. Also, you don't you don't really want to come to LA. Mm-hmm. Just come to Disneyland. No, don't do that. It's also packed. That's true. Yeah, go to Disney World. Yeah, but not when we're there. Right. Because then it will also be packed. Um. But yeah, so this, they had this backpack. But I think they, they so they they had to come up with a way to give someone super strength. They came up like, oh, like it's a backpack, give them strength. Like, oh, okay. But also, this is a kids show, so we need to still somehow make it about kids. So it's help. It's designed to help kids because we need to have sympathy for them. Okay, so we can make them walk again. Like you can just see them like riding themselves into this place, and I, I think some elements kind of work. Like I like the idea of someone getting wrongfully accused of a crime because Zeta impersonated them. Like mm-hmm. it actually addresses like what are the consequences of Zeta. Yeah, doing no, that's a great storyline. Yeah. Um, do you feel like, how do, okay. How do I phrase this without sounding terrible, like a horrible human being? I should just accept the fact that I am one. Do you think they made the, the kid who got framed for a crime disabled because they wanted to have extra sympathy for him like they couldn't no i think they wanted to do so they could have that one joke when he's sitting in the in the police station oh yeah don't go anywhere he's like i i'm a real flight risk yeah yeah i mean like that came first the whole episode revolved revolved that that one joke yeah Yeah. because it it didn't really feel like it's weird because it's integral to the plot given where the technology comes from but also, didn't seem like it really had much of a payoff. Here's here's the story that I would have liked. Yeah. Um, I think this should have been... A two-parter? A two-parter. Yeah. Three-part episode. <laughs> the first episode ends with the kid getting framed. Yes. We spent almost the entire episode with the kid. We don't see any even moment of Zeta or Ro until the very very end exactly when it's revealed that oh my god it's been zeta the whole it's been zeta the whole time and this other kid's getting arrested now no i i think it should have been closer to uh that episode of teen titans but do uh almost a reverse of it you have to remind me which episode uh there's two so only human which is when cyborg's battery runs out and he's taken over by the scrap metal and they want to turn him full robot and then um over the limit, limit, whatever the the other one where he uses his human side to go over 100. percent Yeah, um, I think it should have been a moment where you have the kids kind of having to compromise in the right word, but the kind of the right word where they have to decide like I could be all human or I could have this robot enhancement. Mm, uh, interesting. So yeah, so the backpack kind of like makes them feel. So you can even see like the kid is normally walking around and he seems like a normal kid, and you have like these bullies come up. It's like, hey, look at this, like, uh, this scrap metal kid. Uh, and they take his backpack off, and you find out that's the reason that he's walking. Ooh, dark. Yeah. Uh, and so you have, you know, these kids of, like, I want to be human, but you're turning me into a cyborg. Mm-hmm. And then the person stealing the products is the bounty hunter <laughs> because he knows that as a human, he can't beat Zeta. So he's trying to take all of these enhancements that he can to turn himself more robotic to compete with Zeta. Okay. And then part two. <laughs> I, I, okay. I see where I see where we're going with that. The bounty. I mean, they're kind of two separate ideas, but I, I, until the end where I did kind of like how they 
how it was an inside job the whole time. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I liked that it they had that twist on it. But then also, it just felt weird that this guy was genuinely doing things to help people. Like, obviously, the the talking flashlight is maybe not the best. But, like, he's, he's actually doing something very noble. Mm-hmm. And I guess his intentions were still to help raise money, like, to basically allow a criminal to help, like, to... He was letting the Blake, the bad guy who's wearing this backpack the whole episode, he's, like, letting Blake steal stuff to then sell so that money can come back into the clinic. Yeah. Which doesn't still quite make sense because you're losing the thing you spend money on. Mm-hmm. So what if but, uh, instead, like, he, he poses that these are things for kids to help with disabilities, but actually he's making products for, like, mil- for like the military. I feel like that would make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah, because it's weird because he's... So the walking stick is actually like a mind like a mind detector. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a minesweeper. Yeah. <laughs> click. There's click. a mine. Damn it, it was a mine! In two... Me- I've already stepped on the mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really got to figure this thing out better. Yeah. Mine approaching in... <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, because they... They set him up like he's going to be someone who's doing something noble. Like, he was designed weapons. Now he's doing something noble. He then is revealed to be in on the job, but then it's revealed that he's doing it kind of for the right reasons. But even then, when Kevin, the the kid who's been framed... So the kid is framed for stealing the backpack because Zeta impersonated him at the facility, and so they thought he did it. Mm -hmm. But when the kid's like, you're going to... But also no one questions the giant hole that he left in the wall. Yeah. Well, I guess he's like got super strength now. Sure. I guess. Also, there's like a gym inside the guy's office. It doesn't really make sense. But well, that makes because he because he's a PT. That that doesn't. Oh, make okay, sense. Because it, okay, it's fine. for like fine. all the other kids. But oh fuck, where was I going with this? Oh, okay, but so then when Kevin comes up to him and it's like, hey, I've been framed. They want me to go to jail. The doctor Morell is like, well, you need to go to jail so that all the other kids like to benefit everyone else. Even then, he's still a dick. Yeah. Like. It's this weird like roller coaster of like he's a good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy. And it's like just give him a coherent motivation that is either good or bad. It's called having a gray character, Chris. In this show, you have to. They're very dynamic. There's only one gray character, and that's Zeta. Exactly. Who's literally gray. But also that kid from the last episode who can also. Who's talk that weird? To gray, yeah, that weird gray skin. Yeah. And like hangs out with donkeys. Did we talk like, about that he could talk to donkeys? Can you talk to donkeys? He like he like eored at at oh, Ro. Yeah, the donkey came over. What is going on in this show? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. Um, it also has a very abrupt end. This episode, it does. I my other question because I have a, a plethora of questions about this. Um, one, how fast can that wheelchair go? Because they they oh. zoom, but also he crashes the wheelchair into the doctor's car. And leaves like a substantial, substantial dent. dent. Yeah, is this an episode where um, WB came to them and like, hey, we need, we need to hit all of the demographics, and so we need, we need a like a, a PSA episode and, for this. And even if that were true, like I, I'm obviously for that. Like I think I am like Mr. Representation Advocate all the time. So I, I love seeing other characters and like, and to be fair. I like Kevin as a character. Also, Will Wheaton does the voice. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't yeah, and actually, it's a, it's a good performance, and I like that character. 
Um, and he, I think I actually do sympathize with him because he actually is framed. Like, he has a legitimate complaint. It's like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm being framed, and you've kind of caused this problem. But even then, he's not a dick to Zeta. He's really just like, well, this sucks. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. So he's a good character, but yeah, it, it did. It just felt also, like does he not have like an alibi. That was also the thing he too. Is, I assume he was home. Yeah, with his mom. Yeah, one would presume. Yeah, it just it. So okay, this, this is an interesting thing. So I, I there's a tangent here that I swear relates. I went to at work. We had a um, a uh, a Latin X panel come in. So it's a whole bunch of. Um, People in from the Latinx community who are like up and coming folks in the industry, so like creatives, writers, representatives, um, <clears throat> representation, not representatives, a different thing. But uh, one of the guys had a great point, and he's like, "Look, I love a show like, um, uh, fuck, I watched it. For, oh, Jane the Virgin. He's like, I love okay, like a Jane yeah, the Virgin. Yeah. It's amazing. It's great for representation, but also it's a show about Latin culture." not a show that just has it operating in the background. And right. I, th- I think I've kind of referenced that a little bit about um, want to see queer representation in film, which is like, hey, it's let's have more movies where it's just like characters are queer and it's not about them being queer. Mm-hmm. I feel like... Is that kind of like the L word? Um, well, I mean... I've never watched... I know the new season's coming out. I've never seen the L word either. Okay, I only bring it up because the girl I box with is in it. Right. I want to plug it. Yeah, that's fair. It's worth plugging. Sorry. Um, I've never seen the L word. I think that, I mean, I, I don't really, I, I don't know anything about it, but I mean, I think when it came out, it was more like, this is a show about lesbians. Yeah. Rather than being a show that has lesbians. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what this episode kind of felt like. I would rather have an episode that has kids with ability issues with like physical limitations rather than it being about that. Yes. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because it just it was I don't know it was weird the way there they was it. a it's it's connected but in a, a different audience mm-hmm. there was an episode of Kids Next Door where you had it's such a great show, a great show. one of the best um, where you had this this trio of villains that were like super skilled and super like super energetic and super bouncy and you find out that it's um, three grandparents at the old folks home. I think I remember that episode mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. Uh, and they're only doing it because they found something that like gives them youth again. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I love that episode. Oh, <laughs> the, the, the um, Oh God. The, the nurses are all male nurses and they're all Robin hoods. Like they're Pers- all stealing from the, no, no, no. Like, like they are like, they're all like Robin hood men in tight characters. Oh really? Yeah. They're merry men, mm-hmm. men in tights. Yes, tight tights. I forgot about that. They roam that's around the forest a, looking for fights. That's such a weird episode. It doesn't make any. They then they also turn into. They you think that they're only skilled when they're in their young form, but then you find out all the old people can combine their walkers to create a giant robot. I do. That all sounds very familiar, actually, which is amazing. That show was unbelievable. Oh my god! Um, all right. Do you have any other thoughts on this? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I, I brought up before how like uh, to find the to find Blake the the thief. Zeta impersonates the police chief. Oh yeah. Sneaks into the office, 
And then the kid is like, what? There's two of you. And they just like, it's very dangerous for me to show you this. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, and he just reveals his self. Yeah. As he does all the time in every circumstance he possibly can. Mm-hmm. He's not um, very good at what he does, is he? No. The The kid has a great line at the beginning where he's like, I can't tell what's real and what's a dream anymore. And I'm like, is this Avatar? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when he goes from walking to getting back into his chair. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Avatar. You're the one James Cameron saw this. <laughs> and made, like, it inspired him to make Avatar. That's why it took him nine years. Because he only had that one line to work from. Look at the world he built out of it. My God, the man's a genius. Heck, my God. Uh, yeah, he wins. I never really understood how he beat the the villain. He kind of like overcharges the backpack. Oh, yeah, like oh, yeah, the backpack... I was so waiting it's for like, like, like overstimulated or something, yeah. and then like the guy like is in pain. They just go and, like switch it off, and then it's done. Yeah, it gives him like a really bad headache. Yeah, and then they win. I I can relate. Yeah, it was a very like, it had a lot of potential elements, and it just it really fell flat in the end. Yeah, as a lot of them do. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, yeah, that's all I have. Should we mosey on here? Let's do it. You got any notes from friends? I do. I just got to take a swig of Pedialyte here. Oh, sweet Pedialyte. Sweet, sweet relief. Thank you for being. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we got some... I, I was very happy to hear that people liked our Joker episode. I was a little bit worried about it. Okay. Listening back to it as well, uh, it's it definitely didn't sound as intense as it did when we were recording it. So I think we were both like still like very much in the mindset of having just come out of the film. Yeah. Um, and on top of it, we had just recorded another episode. So I think we're already a little burnt out. So it it wasn't quite as intense as I remember it being, but it it was definitely a heavier episode, but yeah, we had a few people, um, reach out and say that like they, they enjoyed it. So like Ashley reached out, uh, our friend Jason reached out, Johnny Briantes, former guest of the podcast. Actually reached out to say that he, uh, he liked listening to it as well. So people, yeah, people had good things to say about it. And actually, um, so Maddie wrote out and he wrote to us and said that he's basically, not plenty on seeing it. He doesn't want to see it because he, he is not a big fan of Todd Phillips. I get it. Um, but he was saying that he had heard from people that the film actually has a bit of a a lefty message to it. And I was wondering, in hindsight, looking back on it, is that something that you think is there? Like, d- does it actually come off? Does the movie come off as being sort of a, not let's say a super liberal statement, but more, I guess more or less, do you, looking back on it, like, you know, a couple weeks now, off from when we recorded, do you feel a little bit different about the movie? You know? Do I think Bernie should have played the Joker? Yes, I do. Oh my god! Oh my god! Could you imagine? <laughs> no. I want that. I want that so bad now. Well, did you see the SNL parody, which I think they nailed? Perfectly? Oh, the Grouch. Yes. Yes, that I, was so good. Yes, I did. That was amazing. I love David Harbor. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. That was great. Uh, no, I I do see that idea where it's you have the rich and powerful kind of controlling everything else. Yeah saying they're going to do things to help when, and actually they're kind of doing it just for their own benefit. Yeah. I, I can see that argument to be made, Yeah, but I think it's so in the background. It's not something that's not an argument I would take on. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely addresses it, the idea of, I mean, what are henchmen disparity? besides just a giant union? That's actually true. Is mm-hmm. there a henchman union? There has to be. There must be. In in Gotham City, there definitely is. Oh yeah, yeah. I would love to see the benefits of that. The Henchman's Local Thirty Three. Mm-hmm. There's a spinoff show for you right there. When I've had I've had the, that conversation, not that conversation, but the Henchman conversation a lot with people because that's like 
that's something I find so fascinating is the the martyrdom of of villains and how you know the I think I've said this on the podcast how the um the henchmen aren't henchmen but they're acolytes seeing their 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 villain as someone getting shit done mm-hmm. and I I was thinking about that even more and I took it to the next step of like villains only the supervillains generally only target the rich so it makes sense for the poor to see them as the good guy as the robin hoods almost yeah whereas you know parallel to that you have the mobsters and and the gangs yeah um the the mafia sorry um where they just kind of target everyone who are doing their best to get to the to get to the rich level yeah i so i I do mostly agree with that, mm-hmm. but I think where that doesn't hold up though is the the villains that are just killing people indiscriminately, and I feel like the Joker normally falls into that category. Mm-hmm. But in in this telling, yeah, and, th- and this telling, uh, he's only killed kind of the upper class. Well, he started by killing the upper class, yeah, but then he ends up killing other people that aren't. Yeah, but they don't see that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they don't see that. No, that's exactly it. They don't see that happening in the background. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I don't know. Like, are you, are you maybe a little bit warmer on the film? Yeah, it it's it doesn't hit me as hard anymore. Yeah. I, I'm still not gonna watch it again. Yeah, at least for a while. There there was um, some posts that have been coming out of like it's all been a dream because all the clocks are set to eleven eleven throughout the entire film. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Oh, I didn't Anytime there's that. a clock on screen, it's always frozen to eleven eleven. Oh, interesting. So everyone is like, because obviously the the other big question is like, what is real? What is not real? Yeah. Some theories have been coming out that like, this isn't the Joker, but it's it's the person that inspires the Joker. I'm like, fuck yeah. you. And like, it and look, and honestly, like, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that either way. Like, I just I, I we talked about it at length at this point, but I just had a, had a problem with its approach on violence. But it, yeah. it's a movie that I think I would be okay revisiting at some point. Okay. Down the line, maybe, but. Um, I'm like more fun stuff though. Uh, so Ashley also wrote in cause she, um, realized, or she, she basically said, when are one of you two yahoos going to point out the fact that on the Batman begins soundtrack, uh, all of the songs are named after a genus of bat. What is that? Like a genus, like a, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I, I remember that cause I used to listen to that score pretty regularly, but that's a really clever thing that I had no idea. That's yeah. It's a really clever thing that they did that she pointed out. And I really love that score, but it, it does one thing that really bothers me. Cause is it out of order? Kind of. Okay. Because that does really bother me. I know me. it like, does. I, I re- I've known you long enough. That- <laughs> I reorganize my film scores in chronological order. Because mm-hmm. if I've seen a movie enough, I, like, I really attach myself to the music. And so I get frustrated when things aren't in the right place. Yeah. But no, what it basically does is it's, it's more or less actually in order. But it doesn't include the end credits. And that actually makes Weird. a big difference because if you recall, so Batman Begins, like the scene we were talking about earlier when they shoot the Joker card and he leaps off the building and then it like, as he's like going off, he goes with like the dun, 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 and like it jumps straight into like the theme mm-hmm. and that isn't in the score. So the score just kind of like fades out and it doesn't have that like punch moment when it jumps in and like the theme comes back in and plays out. Interesting. And that really bothers me. Is it just not on Spotify or is it not on no, any? No, it's just the, the way it's organized, like because that oh, theme okay. is... 
is present other places in the score. Gotcha. But they don't bring it back at the end for the end credits. Okay. So it's like in uh, the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Yes. Where it's... Mm-hmm. Drives me insane. You should have the song at the beginning and the end, but yeah. they just combined it all into one song at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. They should have the Zac Efron reprise at the end of it because like it, you miss like that score like that soundtrack is so great but it doesn't have like the big high energy finale on it, it just kind this of like, is the greatest show uh it just fades out and it's kind of sad mm-hmm. um but no, I, I love the actually point of that and then uh okay another message from maddie here okay um he keeps writing in to remind me that he's been sending us some really good information on season three of the zeta project which you're gonna get to oh great yes and that's the last thing that Maddie has written to me about. Yes, because I murdered him after that. Exactly. No, I'm actually... Stop just, encouraging I, him. I'm actually just fucking with him because he messaged me a while back uh, that apparently there was a live action version of Zeta they were working on at one point. Oh, no. And he kept... Oh, I, no. He messaged me a while ago and I forgot about it. And then he subsequently kept messaging me like... Listening to Tim talk, getting to the end when Chris says, and that's it for Notes from Friends. You still haven't brought up live action Zeta. So I'm finally bringing it up. But according to, do you remember uh, Jonathan Schneider who played Pa Kent on Smallville? Vaguely. Also of Dukes of Hazard fame. Okay. Uh, at one point he made, this would have been back in like the 2000s when he was still doing Smallville. He made reference to the fact that his production company was in talks with Warner Brothers about doing a live action version of Zeta. And there is no other information on it other than that. Other, he just made a reference to it. He may have even mentioned the wrong show. But so you, you know, you remember the actor, roughly speaking. Mm-hmm. So we won't only get into like what a live action Zeta would look like. I just have one question for you. Who would John Schneider have played Bennett. on the Bennett? Yeah. Do you think that would have worked? I think so. Okay. Mm. Or Selig. Oh, that would uh, that would be cool. That place actually, that would have been mm-hmm. good. He would have actually been a character, unlike in this show. Yeah. Um, okay. No. That now that is actually it from notes from friends. Okay. Um, do you have anything in terms of plugs? Uh, I do. I saw a movie that we've both been excited for. I haven't I haven't talked to you about this yet. Uh, I saw Jojo Rabbit. How was day. it? It's amazing. I need to go see it. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's a lot more emotional than i thought it would be okay but it's in a good way i hope yes okay Mm -hmm. um yeah i i went with uh one of my disney friends and she talked about all the references they had to schindler's list in there which i thought was fascinating and now i want to go back and rewatch the great dictator because i feel like there must be references to that yeah probably as well i've never seen it have you i've only seen the the speech yeah uh, God, that's a, such a great speech. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, the movie is fantastic. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost nothing like the trailers. Interesting. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the trailers make it seem almost like vaguely Wes anderson Yeah, and so the movie does feel like if Wes Anderson made a propaganda film, that's exactly what this is. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think... Sam Rockwell's character is surprisingly the best part of the movie. I mean, Taika is the best part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, well, also not surprisingly, Sam Rockwell is like the greatest actor of his generation. Well, I just I didn't realize how much of the movie he was going to be in. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I fucking love him. Yeah. Have you seen Mr. Right? No, it's the rom com he did with Anna with Kendrick. Anna Kendrick right? Yeah. I, I just watched it recently, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, does he dance? 
Oh yeah, a lot. Okay. Oh, a lot. Yes, Miss Simon Rockwell is such a good dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So for for people who haven't seen or heard of Mr. Wright, he is a um, a former assassin slash bounty hunter that now kills the people that give him targets to kill. Uh, and so he's like like the 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 anti assassin. Oh, okay. Uh, and then on one of his hits, he bumps into Anna Kendrick, and they immediately fall in love. So he has to hide his his career as a murderer uh, while trying to seduce uh, this girl who doesn't know what she's doing in her life. Was it on the Weekly Planet where they made a comment about how only in Hollywood did they think Hitman is still an actual job? Like there probably. are pro- there are probably more like characters. There are probably more actors playing Hitmen than there are actual Hitmen in the world. Yes. Yeah. So true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, go see Jojo Rabbit. I, it, it's very limited release right now. Uh, but if you can find it in a theater nearby, I highly recommend it. Yeah, I do want to go ahead and see that. Mm-hmm. Arclight? Yeah, it's at Arclight right now. Okay, yeah, I'm going to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I really want to go see that one. Uh, yeah, I've also been... I actually finally got a chance to like get caught up on a few things. Nice. And, and watch some things. Uh, I talked to you about this. I watched Death, and, Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Yeah, they they did it pretty well. They did no, they did it really really well. And like I think I I probably even was a little bit skeptical about them on this podcast before ever seeing them because in general the new Fifty Two stuff hasn't been that great. Um, and I've particularly always found the the voice performances just a little bit flat. I, I don't know why because it's really talented people and Wes Gleason is the the voice director and he's done a lot of stuff that's really good. So I don't I'm not sure what seems to be missing in a lot of those movies. Um, but I thought these were just really good across the board, like really good script, good storytelling, good performances too. Like I just, I, I was actually really emotionally invested, especially in the first one. Like when Superman, not really a spoiler, obviously dies at the end of it. Like I was mm-hmm. really invested in it. Well, I think that's why you like the first one the most. Cause there's no talking. It's all action. <laughs> it is. I mean, it is a lot of action, but like it actually is pretty good action. And you and I both really love Superman Doomsday, which was the first DC movie, animated movie they came out with. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, why do we have to revisit this? And I will say that the one cool thing about doing it in the New 52-verse is the fact they were able to incorporate the whole League. Because that whole sequence of Doomsday burning through every member of the Justice League is really, really good, actually. Yeah. Like, when he is fighting Wonder Woman, like, it's super intense when he, like, basically is able to get the best of her. It's pretty crazy, considering... She's the best fighter yeah. on the planet. Yeah how badass she is. And the fact that Batman is like just constantly taking hits and is like clearly very injured, but still in the background trying to do whatever he can to keep this thing occupied while stronger heroes come in to fight. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love that they burn through all of them. And so when it really does come down to being Superman at the end, like you understand why it has to be him. Yeah. So I really love that one. And I I really enjoyed the second one too. And I thought they did a nice job giving enough time to each of the different Superman and giving them enough of a story, Mm -hmm. enough personality just like just really impressed with it. Yeah. All the way across the board. They're really, really good. Uh, highly, highly recommend them if you haven't seen them. I, I would consider them amongst, I think, the best of all of the the films. Oh, DC, interesting. Yeah, DC and or, uh, New 52 and otherwise. I'd say it's, it's the best of the New 52. I, I, I still think the others are, are pretty, I mean, pretty... Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the, I mean, the best are still Under the Red Hood, um, what, Crisis on Two Earths... Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Um, oh my God, how am I blanking on it? It's the. 
it's the one based on the Judas, not on the Judas contract, on the, um, it's the one where all the heroes are taken out. Oh, uh, Doom. Doom, yeah, Doom, mm-hmm. that's a great oh, one. Man, that's that's the a, that's one. one, yeah. But I, I mean, th- I think this, it's not quite on level with those, but I, I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, they're, it's pretty solid, so go, mm-hmm. go check this out. And then, uh, I watched Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Okay, I, I haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm maybe 20 minutes in. Okay, why don't, Let's visit that next week then when you've also seen it. Okay. Um, but I will just say, like, I loved it. I recommend everyone go check it out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll probably talk about that one next week. Great. Um, but, yeah, I think that's that's it. Great. We did it. We did it. You can go to bed now. Uh, no, now I got to go get lunch, then go see Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, Little Shop, Shop of, of Horrors. Horrors. It's going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I'm also feeling less hungover. Good. It was you, Cameron. You brought the energy. Good, because now I'm very tired. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm going to go take it We're out. just energy vampires, mm-hmm. <laughs> just constantly going back and forth. Um, yeah, I think that does it for this week. Uh, Cameron, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to see my face and my Halloween things, you can find that at camdex underscore adventures. And if you want to see my art and how abysmally I failed Inktober this year, you can find that at cameron.dexter. Well done. That's the one. Where can they find you, Chris? They can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the podcast... At Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Love to hear some questions. Uh, also, would love if you guys can go and give us some reviews on iTunes. We have gone through all the reviews <laughs> that we had to read out loud. So we have no more to read. Oh, maybe I'll just start making them up. Yeah, we can. We can do that. <laughs> yeah, because you and I are well established. That we're very good at improv. Yes. Uh, but no, appreciate anyone listening. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks guys. Bye. Bye.